Welcome back, everyone. We are back on the ham and turkey. Finally, I've been able to tear myself away from football season and give you guys a thoughtful podcast that I am uh, passionate about today. So again, I will have another Kanye podcast for you today. Today, I'm going to be discussing the review of the album Jesus is King that Kanye dropped in October. Um, I felt a need to do a review just because I recently just put the podcast on Facebook and um, I've been looking at the reviews of the album. I've been seeing a lot of people say that it's whack or that, I mean, Kanye's a hypocrite. It's just a lot of negativity for an album that's promoting a positive message. So today I'm going to give my thoughts of the, on the album Jesus is King. So as we uh, scour through the album, um, first thing that I noticed right off the bat, there is only 11 tracks on the album. And if I am doing an honest uh, review of this album, just off just off of that alone, I had to give Kanye a four just because I would have liked more. But in terms of, you know, instrumentation, lyrics you know, arrangement, features, like everything that goes into a great album. I give it I gave it a four. It was it was awesome. Everything was on point. With a Kanye West album, you can ne- you never have to worry about, you know, instrumentation, arrangements, beats. You have to you you never have to worry about that at all. Um he also brought back the clips which I love also. If you listen to my I Miss the Old Kanye, that first podcast I did about Kanye, I alluded to the fact that they were one of the groups that sparked me to um, love hip-hop. So I'm glad he was able to get them back together. And um, before we dive into some of the tracks, some interesting thoughts about this album were uh, listening to Kanye's Zane Lowe interview. He actually... First and foremost, asked everyone who contributed to this album to not use profanity, which I thought was great because I try not to use profanity on my podcast just because I don't want people to listen to me for 20 minutes or an hour or whatever the case may be and then come away with I curse so much. Like that's like honestly a waste of uh, time to listen to someone for 30 plus minutes or an hour and take away nothing but some not take away something that was negative instead of taking away what the actual message was trying to convey. So I like that. And he also asked people to not have premarital sex while working on his album also, which I thought was interesting too. Um, 
pretty tough for probably most of these people because you know dealing with rappers and musicians you know they have women that throw themselves at them all the time so thought that was tough but he asked and that was one of his criteria for being on his album so i thought that was also interesting so leading up to this album he had like a couple release dates and in true kanye fashion he kept pushing it back because he he said he wanted to make sure that the album portrayed the gospel and he wanted to make sure every track portrayed that and i always i'm always a proponent of i rather an artist hold back an album until it's your best work rather than just put something out and give us some garbage because that was kind of what i felt like with honcho jack with travis and quavo i felt like they were just trying to put something out because uh, us as fans was putting so much pressure on them to put out an album a joint album because those are two two of the top artists out right now so they were just pressed to put something out even though it took them a long time to do it i feel like that album was just like a bunch of tracks thrown together whereas they had a succinct album you can always hear the difference between like a succinct album Whereas an album where somebody where artists are just throwing tracks together, throwing hot tracks together, just and just giving you something just to get you off their backs. So I like that Kanye held off and made sure that this album portrayed his vision and his portrayal of the gospel. And um, if I'm getting into this album track for track, I love I loved every track on the album. The only track I wasn't really high on probably was. Um, Selah, the only part about Selah that I did like was the, the part where they sing, he is wonderful. And I love that. Cause I can, I mean, I love, I love Christian music. If anybody knows me on a personal level, you know, I grew up in the church since a baby. I've sung in the choir since I was able to have a car and drive myself from choir practice to and from home. And so I am kind of biased towards this music because this is the music that I grew up on and that I actually sing myself Sunday after Sunday. So when I heard that my favorite artist was making an album that I making an album of music that I've been singing my whole life, there was no way that I wasn't going to like it. So you can label me as being biased. However, when it comes to Kanye, I like to think that I keep it as objective as i possibly can with him and if i'm looking at every track like they have every hour with the sunday service choir that was a good track follow god i love follow god closed on sunday i like the message i like the hook on that the uh you my chick-fil-a i love that on god with pierre making that beat he killed that beat and kanye like kanye isn't really like being super lyrical at this point in his career at this point in his career he's already you know established himself as one of the greatest artist to ever do it i mean he says that in on god he says greatest rapper living dead or alive now i don't believe that he's the greatest artist living dead or alive i think that will always go to michael jackson but i mean he most certainly is in the conversation and then we got everything we need with ty dollar sign which is an awesome track ty dollar sign is probably one of the most underrated artists period in the game right now uh water that was really good <clears throat> something taken straight <clears throat> from the bible god is i wasn't really fond of because he tried to sing on this and he tried to do his best but it just wasn't it and i don't like what he did with his voice it sounded like he was sick and it was real raspy and i didn't really wasn't really fond of that 
hands on. I like the message, which I will get into later where he says the Christians will be the first one to judge me, making them making me feel like nobody loved me. That is the part of that song that ties into my gripe with people who critique this album. Um, use this gospel. Definitely let a beat on that is crazy. Um, having eclipse on that is makes it next level. They both didn't curse in their verses, but Pusha T kept true to himself, was saying that he was crooked as Vegas. So I love what Pusha T did there. I love what Kanye did there. Then he had, of course, he had Kenny G. At the end of the day, he's a jazz musician. If for you guys don't know, my aunt Martha, she listens to Kenny, listens to Kenny G all the time. So that's why I know who he is. And then uh, Jesus is Lord. It's kind of like just ending the album, paying homage to the Lord, just letting him, letting people know that the Lord is the leader of his life and that he is just ending the album by conveying that to everyone else that Jesus is from here on out is going to lead my life and lead my actions. And that's kind of where I want to take this album review because I want to discuss why first and foremost, Kanye is being bashed for promoting a positive message. And secondly, why uh, certain uh, rap pundits or people who have been fans for Kanye for years are saying that this album is not good or this album is garbage. Like, first and foremost, this album isn't garbage. It's a different type of music. It's not no, I'm a, I'm having sex with a bunch of hoes and stuff like it's not, it's none of that. It's, it's, it's a strictly positive homage to our Lord, your, my Lord and Savior. And it's not a, a, a typical Kanye West album. I actually think that Jesus is King and Kanye's discography is above uh, Jesus. It's above Jesus. And so it's the second to last of his best. It's, it's the second to last one. It's not college dropout and it's not uh, late registration or dark fantasy or anything like that. It is a very good album in my estimation. However, I cannot put it up there with those albums just because those albums, excuse me, those albums are um, tied to my childhood. And so those kind of like shape the way I listen to music and my expectations for music. So this isn't that this is kind of um, this is kind of doing something that's already been done by many gospel artists. And he just kind of putting his Kanye West spin on it, which is different in many aspects, but the same in some also, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it's not like Kanye hasn't been proclaiming the gospel ever since he's been in the game, in which I'll touch on a little bit later. He's been proclaiming the gospel since he's been in with Jesus Walks, and he kind of just went full gospel album. You know, he was promoting uh, Life of Pablo as a gospel album, but anyone who can listen to that album knows that that is not an actual gospel album. That that was a gospel-themed album. This is an actual gospel album. And there is a huge and significant difference between the two. If you listen to any gospel album, first and foremost, there's probably no cussing on that album. Secondly, all of the tracks will be geared or have some type of verse in it or be based on a verse or based on a saying from the Bible. And this Jesus is King was more of that. And T-Lop was more of a, I'm rapping and still being the same Kanye, but 
I, I still, I, but I just have a little gospel flair to it. Like I have Chance the Rapper rapping a certain type of gospel verse, you know, but it wasn't an actual gospel album because it didn't have all of the significant elements that a gospel album will possess. So that is my initial take on the album. I told you where I placed the album. So now I want to go into the meat and potatoes of this of this uh, review where I want to discuss the people who have listened to this album and they say it's whack or they say that Kanye is commercializing. I heard that they said Kanye is commercializing Christianity and they also say that Kanye is a hypocrite. So how can, how can he now go into making gospel music? So that is where I'm going to touch on on my next segment. So stay tuned. I need to add in my sponsors. So stay tuned. Stay with me. All right. Had to time out for my sponsor. Now that the sponsor's done, we're going to get into the the gist of my argument and my gripe, which is why I make podcasts so I can uh, <clears throat> give you my thoughts about about what people say and where I feel that they're wrong and where I feel you can improve. So I want to start with um, people's review of the album that I've seen who said that this thing is just garbage. Now, this is what I'll, this is what I'll say. Artists make music based on, obviously, based on where they are that point in their life. And it, it may not always be their best work, but to say that is garbage is kind of excessive now if someone is listening to this and they say well i didn't necessarily mean it it was garbage i was just saying it's not his best work well saying that is not as saying that it is not his best work um is kind of debasing where he is in his life now he is in a point in his life based on his his words where he wants to make music and uh give his life to god fully now, some people, they say that they believe in God and they say they want to follow God and they may very well do that. But there is a difference between saying that you actually want to follow God and do what he says. And then there is living a life that is worthy and acceptable to Christ. And based on what he is saying, that is the point where he is now. You know, before this album, he was going around and putting on benefit concerts using the Sunday service choir and singing and uplifting people. And he said in his interview, in his Zane Lowe interview, when he broke down mentally, he said he was in his bed and he said he wrote down stuff that he really wanted to do. And he said he really wanted to glorify God and make music for the church. Even in his big boy interview, Big Boy played him a clip of him three years ago saying that he wanted to make music for the church and uplift the church. So he is just saying he's just excuse me. He's just doing what he said he was going to do. And I don't know about you, but me, I respect a person who says they're going to do something and not only says it, but actually does it and does it on a wide scale. Now, he is Kanye West. And so anything that he does or anything that he says will be publicized and criticized and 
scrutinized in every possible way you can imagine just due to his popularity and his fame and his clout or whatever adjective you want to use so um back to my original thesis to say that the album is garbage you have to sit and ask yourself did we say that dark fantasy was garbage when he was going through the breakup with amber rose because he took two years to make that album and that's probably that was just recently rated one of the top albums ever by rolling stone was he was um 808s and heartbreaks was that garbage when he was going through um the death of his mother you know like i said our artists make albums based on how they're feeling at that time and where they are at this point in their life and kanye has always given us a snapshot into his life with all of his all of his albums if you go back and listen even college graduate he talks about college uh, dropout excuse me he talks about um his car accident and how he felt after that car accident and where his mind was and all that. And then even Jesus walks and going back to that again, he uh, talked about, man, if I play a record, if I play a record about God, then it won't get played. And it's kind of what he foretold in his first album that if he fully went and made a records records about God, they wouldn't get played. They wouldn't get played and they wouldn't be received um, they wouldn't be received the way all his other albums are received. And so it poses my question to those to those those pundits who who label the album as garbage. Like, what do you really like? What do you really love to hear? I mean, people always say or people that I talk to always say that they want to like hear a positive message or they want to be positive or they want some type of positivity. But you have the one artist who has a platform and is promoting positivity with God, but now that's garbage. Like I don't, I don't understand that take. And again, as I do with every podcast that I've ever put out, I will always offer somebody the opportunity to come with me, and we will discuss why is the person that's putting out positive music why is all of, why is it all of a sudden garbage? The arrangements are lovely, the the singing is beautiful. So how is it garbage? Because he's not talking about a bunch of hoes. And like he said in his album, I'm not talking about foreigns. I'm not talking about clothes. I'm talking about God. So why is all of a sudden, why is that garbage now? Because he's not talking about materialistic things. And he's talking about something that has helped him become a better person. That has helped him battle depression. That has helped him, helped him battle his bipolar disorder, mental disorder. Why, why all of a sudden now? Is that stuff garbage when he has been making music about God and points in his life for his whole career? Now I'm going to get to those those naysayers. Here we are. The naysayers. They say Kanye has been a hypocrite his whole career or Kanye is a hypocrite or Kanye does stuff that is hypocritical. And this is what I say to you. You are correct. Kanye has definitely done stuff, said stuff, made music. That is hypocritical. And I am the first one to say that. I always say that Kanye does stuff that is hypocritical. And I I, I fully I fully embrace that and I portray that onto everyone. I'm very passionate about Kanye because he has a significant place in my in my heart in terms of me and my self-confidence. And that's why I I love him as an artist so much. Because he helped me with my self my self-confidence. 
and helping me be the man I am today. So that's why I go so hard. But when you make certain accusations on people, I always like for people to bring me solid facts as to why you feel the way that you feel. So my first point would be to the naysayers. You wouldn't have this opinion about Kanye being a hypocrite if he didn't wear the Trump hat, if we're being honest. That whole Trump thing and with the red hat where he went on and he did that for like a year or so, that kind of that. No, not kind of that. That did rub people the wrong way. And because of that, anything he does after that. They're going to hold against him. And so now he's being a hypocrite. People think that Trump, uh, Donald Trump promotes hate. So how now how am I now going to start listening to you? Listening to an album about God when you support the person that promotes hate. So that is a political issue. And that's not really where I want to go with this. But what I'm saying is that feeds into your review of this album. Also, my second point, his past transgressions. So someone brought up to me last year, Kanye made a song with Little Pump where he was doing the Poopity Scoop song. He did that song and... They are wondering now, why is that guy, that guy who made that Poopity Scoop song with Little Pump, he also made a song about smashing his sister-in-law. Why is this guy all of a sudden now making music about God? And this is where I want to switch this to. So now, if anyone here, anyone is listening to this knows anything about Christianity, Christianity and the, the teachings of the Bible and the New Testament are based off of repentance. And so when you repent, the Bible says your past sins are washed away. When you get baptized, excuse me, and you repent, your past sins are washed away and you are now a new creature. So therefore, I say to that is, since Kanye has now fully accepted God as his Lord and Savior, He is living a life, as we can see, living a life that is true to God and made an album that is portraying how he feels internally about his devotion to the Lord. Why now? Why now that someone has decided to make a conscious decision in their mind that I want to do better with my life? I want to use my platform for a more positive message. Why all of a sudden now is this man a hypocrite? And the message is whack. The album is whack. Because that's what I've been hearing. That's what I've been seeing. I'm on Facebook now. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. So now, so I, all these people who, who plan to listen to this, you have said this. You said it's whack. And he's a hypocrite. So I can't take this seriously. But if you are a true believer in God and you know what God's teachings are, you will know that if somebody truly repents, you are not, you cannot question the, uh, legitimacy of their repentance of their past ways you know one thing that baffles me is that people always put like a certain price tag on repentance so if you once were a murderer or you once were a drug dealer that you can't possibly change your way of living that it's just such an impossible thing there's just certain things that you can't come back from which i do agree with in some form or fashion in some type of capacity but Kanye to our knowledge has never killed anybody Kanye to our knowledge 
has never uh, uh, sold any drugs. Um, Kanye, to this point, has never did anything super egregious. So how come when some when someone such as Kanye wants to say, hey, I want to change the way I've been living. I've been making these songs. I even had a gospel. I had a fake gospel album. I had a rap album that I passed off as a gospel album. And now I'm going to make an album that's actually a gospel album. So why now is all of that stuff hypocritical and garbage? Because these are the same people who say that they want positive messages. They want to be more positive. They want to see more positivity. When Nipsey Hussle died... You know, everybody was on the, I want to still run the marathon and I want to be positive. I even touched on it. I did a podcast about Nipsey Hussle, but somebody who has a platform to promote more positivity through, through Jesus Christ, that's garbage now. And see, this is the stuff that, that irks me is because people really don't actually sit and analyze what they actually say. You know, they kind of just speak off knee jerk reactions and they don't actually sit and ponder as to why they have the thoughts that they have. They can't actually sit and articulate what their actual thought process is. Uh, bringing in facts. Bringing in um, uh, evidence. Just bringing, just bringing evidence to your argument. Instead of just saying, well, I don't like Kanye because he wore the Trump hat. And I feel like this is where all of this stems from. It stems from him wearing that hat. You know what I mean? Him expressing his opinions. And this goes to my third point as to why people say that this album is garbage. So my third point is, is that he, in his big boy interview, says that he is not going to be controlled by the culture anymore. And I have mixed feelings on that just because in his Zane Lowe interview, Zane Lowe brought out the point that Kanye is denouncing this same culture that he helped create, which I agree with. He did help create the culture that we currently live by or whatever you want to call it. He helped create that culture. Um, I'll give you an example. And I use this example every time. So if someone wants to prove that they're like a big fashion guy and they love fashion and all that, the one shoe that I see that they wear or the one outfit that I see is they wear a pair of skinny jeans with a pair, with a pair of Chelsea boots. They always wear that those Chelsea boots to prove that they are uh, a big proponent of fashion. So if I'm a fashion dude, I'm going to wear, if I got a pair of Chelsea boots, I'm pretty fashionable. And that's very rare opinion. I'm not a fashionable guy, but I'm telling you what I have observed and what I have seen. So if you have a pair of Chelsea boots, you are fashionable. Now, who was the person who fashion, who popularized the Chelsea boots? Kanye was the one who popularized Chelsea boots. You ask anybody, no one started wearing Chelsea boots until Kanye started wearing Chelsea boots. Where did Kanye get those Chelsea boots from? Over in Italy. He talks about all the time. He did internships with Fendi over in Italy, and he talks about it all the time. He brought all that Italian culture over here, and people wear them, and you're fashionable because you have Chelsea boots. So you can disagree with me if you want. But you look at any dude that you feel is fly or overly fly and ask him if he ever had a pair of Chelsea boots or if he ever wanted a pair of Chelsea boots. And they probably either have a pair or are going to get a pair and just didn't. Probably got a pair of Yeezys. So I just want to just just say that Kanye, I want to acknowledge the fact that Kanye has definitely created this culture that he denounces. But again, that feeds into 
people's review of this album of well it's, it's garbage now because he's not going to be control he said he does not want to be controlled by this culture anymore i'm not going to do the things that the culture wants me to do anymore and the thing is is like people are going to have a big gripe about that when you don't do what they say you should do like you're not speaking on the issues that you should speak on if that man want to wear a trump hat you can't do that because the culture said you can't do that so it's so much i feel like people's this is where i'm going this is my main point i feel like people's review of this album is so much bigger than it's a gospel album so it's whack i feel it's way bigger than that and i just touched on the points that i why i think that way so because of these points people's critique of this album is just a little bit swayed by outside sources because it has to do with more than music it's not just music there's other things that Kanye has done which sways their mind and engenders a certain reaction when they hear this album there's no way in in on god's green earth that somebody that supports trump somebody that's helped create our culture and somebody that has uh oh i gotta get to my last one too Someone that has commercialized Christianity can ever be taken seriously as a person who is now portraying the gospel. And that's where this stems from. And lastly, I want to touch on people saying that he has commercialized Christianity. So, first of all, let's just backtrack again and realize that Kanye is, first of all, not the first person to make a a fully gospel album. He has Fred Hammond on there. It's a gospel artist. He also has been working with Kurt Franklin. If you want to be real, really, really honest, Kurt Franklin is a minister. And Kurt Franklin was on the life of Pablo. And he was like one of the biggest hype men for Kanye during that time. So why are we not holding him accountable? Kurt Franklin, like if you ask so like a person, like a person in our black community, you ask one person, you know, name one gospel artist. Usually the first gospel artist that comes to mind is Kurt Franklin. So... These people who are making money, Yolanda Adams, uh, Donnie McKirkland, all these people who go around and they do concerts for money. They also can help and commercialize uh, gospel music. And even if you look at T.I.'s um, Breakfast Club interview, T.I. said the same exact thing I'm saying. He said, how can I bash Kanye for doing something that people have been doing for years? But it's now... Again, back to my original thesis. Now is now that this man has done all of this stuff. The Trump hat, the uh, the, the the other things that I mentioned, the aforementioned, all of that stuff. Now, that is why. That is why he's commer- now he's commercializing uh, Christianity. What about Joel Osteen? Osteen. What about Creflo Dollar? Creflo Dollar. Creflo Dollar has a po- a private jet. You know what I mean? So he he's definitely benefiting off Christianity. How much money has Kanye actually made off of Christianity? If anything, you want to, you, I mean, you can't, my issue is, is that people are uh, denouncing him because he's spreading the gospel. But there have been people that have been spreading the gospel before him, though, on TV for money. So why, so tell someone, tell me why now it's an issue now when Kanye does it, you know? Why aren't these people who have been doing it before him? Why haven't these people been held held to the stage saying that they're commercializing Christianity? Because there's a lot of people that commercialized Christianity before Kanye. So now that Kanye has the voice and he has the ear of the people in a cultural impact kind of way. Now it's all of a sudden an issue now. 
but it wasn't an issue before. So those are the those are the things that that goes into my thought process in terms of people's um, perception of this album and people's critique of the album. Anytime I, I ask someone for a critique, I always ask for you to first and, first and foremost be fair. And all of the critique that Kanye has received for his album, like I said again, it has not been about the music. It has been about his previous actions. And so I asked when you listen to this album, if you decide to listen to this album again or ever again or whatever the case may be, you listen to the album and listen to the lyrics in the album. So don't go off of what he's done previously, because, again, he has given he has told us, excuse me, and has shown based on what based upon what I have seen that he has a contrite heart. A contrite heart means a forgiving heart. He has a he is he is forgiving himself for the things that he has previously done, the music that he has previously made. You can't sit here and tell me that someone doesn't have the space to change. I used an example uh, to one of the people I work with. I said, so this person recently quit smoking, smoking weed. And so I said, what if someone told you that you weren't good enough to quit smoking weed because you were smoking weed every day? So you, you weren't able to quit smoking weed like you're not able to do that. You're not capable of doing that. There's no way on God's green earth that you're capable of, of smoking weed based on the things that you have done in your past. If you're now making this decision in 2019 going into 2020 that I am no longer going to smoke weed, why are, why all of a sudden now can you not do it? Why, why am I telling you that you can't do it? Why am I putting, why am I projecting fear into you or trying to project fear into you that it is, it is wrong for you to want to quit smoking, quit, quit smoking weed. And he told me that it wasn't an applicable, uh, it wasn't an applicable analogy, but I, again, I politely beg to differ because it's the same thing It's Kanye has done stuff. Kanye has made music. He has supported people that has deemed to be hateful and now people are telling him there's no way you can make gospel music now. There's no way you can do it now based on the stuff that you've done previously. But again, if you are listening to this and you are a believer in God and you know his teachings, you know that if someone truly repents and says that they're going to do do differently, then we must afford them that opportunity to do differently. And I understand that some people aren't going to afford Kanye that same opportunity to be different. To do different. To change. So all I'm asking. Is when you listen to this. You. Afford. Another person. On another level. You afford another person. An opportunity to change. Yes this is very deep. However. It speaks to. The society that we live in. That people aren't given. Certain opportunities to change. Based on their past transgressions. If God. Forgives us. For the sins that we commit. Why can we not look at Kanye objectively and differently for giving his life to Christ and wanting to better himself and help spread the word of the gospel and the word and the message of God to the masses through his music and using his huge preponderant platform? So that is all that I wanted to say today about Kanye, the review of the Jesus King album. This is all I wanted to say today. 
And I thank you again for listening to a wonderful installment of the Ham and Turkey. And I hope you tune in again where we review another album. I plan to get more people on so I can get more uh, engagement for these uh, album reviews because I can talk music all day. And so, therefore, I want to hear other people's opinion on these albums. So, I thank you for listening to the Ham and Turkey, and we'll see you on the next episode. Welcome back, everybody. We have another NBA talk episode for the ham and turkey. I got Chester on again. And as many of you know, who know me personally, you know that, well, you know about uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, You know, he died uh, last uh, Sunday in a plane crash and along with his daughter, Gigi, and uh, seven others that was in that plane. So I just want to offer condolences to their family, and uh, hopefully they uh, with prayerfully they 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 make it through this trying time. But um, I kind of want to do more of a, a a joyous type tones of the conversation rather than like a mournful type conversation, just because I I've already I've already mourned and I've already cried. Cause anybody who knows me, it was funny when I was in the gym, I do my OG in the gym, he literally looked at me and we was playing ball and I was sitting down and he looked right at me. He was like, you cried when Kobe died, didn't you? I said, absolutely. I cried like a baby because everybody who knows me, they know how much Kobe had a profound impact on my life. I tweeted out um, that day that the most, the three most influential, influential men in my life have been obviously Jesus Christ, my dad, and then Kobe, just because of his work ethic and the things that he would say that would spark me to, you know, just realize that, like, you may think that you're actually working hard, but are you actually working hard? And that's one of the things that I probably will always internalize from him is his incredible work ethic. He had me believing that no matter, like, what was insurmountable in my mind, if I worked hard enough, I could achieve it. And so, like I said, I want this to be a joyous type conversation about Kobe. We're going to get into more basketball topics, but we're just going to start today off talking about Kobe and just talk about our fondest memories of Kobe. And since Chester, I always give my guests the floor first. So, Chester, I want you to tell people what you, how you feel about Kobe as a, as a player, first and foremost, because like we said off air, first thing he hit me with the Sunday Kobe died, he hit me. What was that about? About his shots? Yeah. It was something about how many shots he was taking. And you said something like, so is he actually a scorer just because he takes a lot of shots? And then like a couple hours later, we got the news that he passed away. But I want you to tell people what your your feelings are about Kobe as a player, man, whatever the case may be. 
as a player, he was a great player to me. Um, he could put the ball in the basket. Felt like he was a gunner, but um, yeah. <laughs> he was he was a good player to me. I just didn't like the fans. That was it. Fans are just what they say about Bron, Bron sexuals or stuff like that. That's yeah. what they. It was just Kobe fans would go extra. And, so. and usually that's that's the issue. Like you really don't have an issue with the player. No. You just got an <laughs> issue with the fans of the players. And it's just like just like with Stephen A. and the Cowboys. He probably he don't really d- dislike the Cowboys. He dislike the Cowboys fans because yeah. they just sometimes we can take it too far, which and I, which I agree with. I mean, Kobe fans. I'm a Kobe fan. I'm a Kobe fanatic actually. But in this business that I'm in now, I work in the sports industry. You have to have a high level of objectivity, or people won't take you seriously. The only person that I've seen remain unobjective and still get a lot of respect is Skip Bayless. Because you guys know his LeBron takes are just so outlandish, but he still is able to be on TV and say all this wild stuff about LeBron consistently. But, um, yeah, Kobe uh, as a player, it doesn't change for me. Like I said, I'm a Kobe fanatic. And like I said, again, if you know me, you know that I really, 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 really love Kobe. But he's still, for me, third, third all time. If we talk about, you know, GOAT status, GOAT level, he's still third to me. And he all, but he'll always be my favorite athlete, and he'll always have a special place in my, place in my heart in terms of his work ethic, and you know what he's done for the game. Um, like Chester was saying off air, like him and Shaq, like those were the Lakers. Like as as far as I can remember back, obviously I wasn't around when Magic and Kareem was winning championships, but essentially that is the house that Kobe built, the Staples Center. I mean, that's you saw how much love he gets outside that arena, you know, they had people tatting murals on their back and all those uh, writing boards that they had. Like, Kobe was L.A., and L.A. is Kobe. I mean, and this is a worldwide tragedy. I mean, they showed a picture yesterday, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was in the Philippines, of somebody who made a who drew a mural, over, I think it was like over three or four nights, in the middle of the Philippines on the streets of Kobe and his daughter. And I mean, that's the type of respect that he garnered from, you know, the the basketball community, not only basketball community, the, the world worldwide basketball community in every part of the country. Because, you know, he used to do a lot of work over in China for Nike promoting his uh, sneakers and promoting his camp. You know, he, he did a lot of work. And then, um, Chester, talk a little bit about what you were saying about uh, him in the helicopter and how you respected him. Because he posted something on Twitter about how you respected him with the helicopter thing. Oh, because they... It was um, he was a psychopath about his family, and how right. can you not respect that a man that just trying to do the right thing, you know, just spending time with his daughter, raising his daughter, having interest in her interest, you know, just as a father, that's like the most, that's the most respectable thing a man can do. So it just tips my hat off to him, and it's just not that story; it's just the other stories before, like before. That officially came out, the stories that people were posting that I've never seen before. Like, it was a guy that was, like, a, just an equipment manager, and he had a stroke, and Kobe went to visit him. And he played. He was a equipment manager for, like, the Kings. But for yeah. him to take that time out of his day to do that, that's real commendable. And Absolutely. Can't do anything but respect that. Exactly. And then there, along those same <laughs> lines, they had a video of him when there was an uh, accident in the middle of L.A., he, Kobe got out of his car to go see if the two people who was in the accident was okay. 
and like you said, I mean, and stuff like that, man, that, that endears you to fans and to people just to say, like, he's more than a basketball player. You know, he's larger than life, kind of like how Shaq is, too, how people look at Shaq. Like, he's literally, like, more, like, larger than life, and he can, he's very relatable, yeah. you know. And but uh, in terms of being a maniacal athlete, he's also a soft person. Human being. Exactly, and it helps you to be, helps you to put things in perspective, you know. And then when someone like this great passes away, you know, it's going to hit everybody hard. I said when he passed away, I felt like I, got, I lost a family member. You know what I'm saying? Never met him, never even seen him in person in life. But he affected my, my life in such a, a, a profound way where I literally got down on my knees and prayed. And when I get down on my knees and pray, that's how I know something is bothering me. And I sobbed on top. Of it. I couldn't even get through my prayer without sobbing. So I just want to, wherever's Kobe's listening, I just want to thank him for what he's done for my life in terms of getting me to be a harder worker, you know, and trying to um, push that towards the next generation because I was, it's funny because that same day, um, my cousin's nephew, he knows I like football and he wants to be a quarterback. And he was like, yo, can you train me on being a quarterback? You got any tools for me to help me be a better quarterback? And so I gave him a book and that's how I learned a lot about, you know, quarterbacking like, and I gave him a book and I'm like, yo, if you read this book and you come ask me questions, like I can help you become a, you know, a better quarterback. And it's just like Kobe was doing that for his daughter. I mean, he was taking her to basketball games and teaching her the game, teaching her movement, you know, teaching her how to do stuff, what to look for. You know, even if you watch Gigi highlights, you know, she did a turnaround over two girls. And it's just like Kobe used to do that same exact stuff, you know, shoot over five, six people. You know what I mean? So she had she had the Mamba mentality all in her. You know what I mean? She, she was destined to be great. There was also another thing that was put out on social media that said, um, he actually got her the Mambasita, Mambasita thing. He actually got that trademark. So when she was getting older, she would able no one would able be able to coin that or make any money off it. And I thought that was an awesome idea because you know, people was probably ready to just go and try to profit any way they can off her. But he trademarked that and patented it before it got really yeah. big. So that's big. Man. Yeah, and so that's perfect fathering. You know, just knowing, and that shows how I mean his business savvy, like knowing the game knowing what's ahead, what's going on, you know, because anytime you're Kobe Bryant's kid, you're going to get some type of, you know, national exposure, you know what I'm saying? They're posting GG workouts, and she was just primed and destined to become a star. She wanted to play for UConn and just all that together. So, again, I wanted to just just take a time, just take a minute to pay my condolences and pay my respects to Kobe and his family and those victims that passed away in that uh, car crash. But I just want to give, again... Special thanks to Kobe for having a profound impact on my life. Like I said, I don't want this to be a mournful type conversation. Obviously, I mean, you've mourned and you're going to be sad that he's not here anymore. But the best thing that we can do as people that are still here and on this time side of life is that we can take the teachings that we got from Kobe and we can pass them on to the next generation. And obviously, and also internalize it within ourselves to work as hard as you can for anything you want. And that was Kobe's biggest thing. I even bought his book. When it first came out, he was talking about being as maniacal as you can about the details and being maniacal about what you love, your craft, going after it. And if you ever watch Kobe talk, you can tell the relentless and the, man the maniability of his craft and how he took it so seriously. And so we need to take that same type of fervor and inject it in our lives and in our kids, you know, and let them know that whatever you want in this life, it's not going to be easy. And you're going to have to work for whatever you want. And if you want something and you're really passionate about it, 
You work maniacally at it to gain the most you can out of it. So again, we're going to have more basketball topics in this segment, but we just wanted to take our time just to set some time aside to thank Kobe for being Kobe. So as we end this, thank you, Kobe, for being Kobe. All right, dude, mamba.